0: Greetings. My name is Lewis Molina, and I'm the host of the Life Pro podcast. Today, I have Brian McGee, who is the Crown Heads sales rep for our territory. So with that, I'd like to welcome Brian. Brian, how are you?
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Excited uh, to
1: have you here. So, I've been wanting to do this since the last time I was here when yeah. uh, when you were doing it with uh,
0: with Michael. Yeah yeah, Michael Herf 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 yeah, 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 yeah. With Michael, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. when that, I, I forgot about that. Um, you were saying that. When we were done, we left the room, we walked into the main lounge, and we saw you sitting with, with our um, Davidoff sales rep, uh, Garrett. Garrett, so yeah. So you were waiting there. Yeah. So, yeah, now it's your turn. So now you're, it's my you're, turn. You're, you're in the hot seat. Yeah, No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. Yeah. So how was the drive today? Oh, uh,
1: Rainy. I know. Yeah, huh? there's all kinds of flash flood warnings, and uh, the bridge was crowded, but no no standing water, nothing serious. I think Lafayette, I'm staying in Lafayette, so there's a some kind of flash flood warning there, but uh, –
0: so you left lafayette this morning yeah okay yeah. okay yep. you didn't take the interstate here did you
1: yeah yeah oh, so man. it was uh hour and 20
0: oh man okay
1: yeah normally what's 57 minutes or something like yeah, that? Traffic's yeah traffic's not an issue but right th- that's, that's till you get to the, the bridge it stops yeah <laughs> yeah you know
0: well yeah man it's been the last few days just this rain is crazy here so we've had flash floods and it's it's deterred our sales too. So well, I bet. So
1: I was in Lafayette yesterday. They were telling me that because of the drought last year, you guys lost, like everybody's losing their crawdad. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Like a, a guy go out in the get seven yeah. bags and he only gets like a half a bag. And uh, Renee was telling me it was uh, five, pa- $5 a bag, raw, you know, straight off the boat. Mm-hmm. Like it was pricing was going crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just checking.
1: Yeah. But uh yeah, so it's apparently it's going to be a horrible crawfish season this year. Yeah. But now you're getting it and you're they're making up with the rain. I mean, it's going crazy. It's rained since I've got down here.
0: Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that. I mean, the drought for people who don't know um at least in Louisiana, I'm sure it was bad in Texas this past summer, summer of 23. We just we had a drought and it adversely impacted a lot of Louisiana's crops uh and and there were other uh factors that or or, or effects that came about of it. Um it was so hot here we we saw our sales kind of dip more than usual. Right. For cigar sales at least. Yeah. Cuz as you know, I mean, cigar sales are really directly correlated to the weather.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, we had our I think it was our third hottest summer in Texas history and it was I mean, nobody wanted to go outside and smoke cigars. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it definitely you felt it. Mm-hmm. You definitely felt it.
0: Yeah. But before we delve in, um, so just to repeat, you are our regional sales manager for Crown Heads. And you offer me a, a little lineup of some of the cigars in your portfolio. Um, you want to just maybe just go through, sure. through through these three and then maybe recommend which one I should go with?
1: Yeah. So I'm currently smoking the Mildius, uh, which is our uh, still one of our, our number one selling cigar for our company. Uh, Habano wrapper. Okay. It's a very unique blend. It's Peruvian, Costa Rican, and Nicaraguan tobacco in the filler. There's not another cigar in your humidor that tastes like that. Oh, It's I very didn't... unique. It's, yeah. it's medium-bodied, delicious.
0: I didn't realize there's Peruvian in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: Peruvian and Costa Rican. Okay. Uh, the Patissier, just uh, broadleaf Maduro, Nicaraguan filler, that chocolate, creamy, sweet earth, mm-hmm. uh, medium-plus, just delicious Maduro cigar. And then the Osgoner family, Aramas. Uh, San Andreas wrapper, you get that spicy coffee, a little bit of cedar okay. on the finish, medium plus, maybe medium full, depending on your palate. Um one of my favorite San Andreas blends out there. It's it's uh really good. So okay. I'm I'm smoking a Mildias. I'll do
0: that then too. Yeah. All right. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. yeah. So we can kind of maybe and plus it's compared. a little early so
1: it's a good yeah. It's still a good morning cigar. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're
0: filming this in the morning for right. anyone uh keeping track. Um and we record this podcast any time of day it doesn't matter just whenever our, you know we have guests uh availability so i think you're probably going to be our first morning nice guest. yeah yeah nice so pretty cool but yeah with that i mentioned that because you're right i like to start off especially with a milder cigar or you know um, not as like complex as like say this Bosphorus. right for sure um so can you give me like a little brief rundown of crown heads while i light up like what's Crown Heads about?
1: So Crown Heads, uh, we basically started in 2010. Um, back, you know, we go back quite a while, uh, long way back when my days at uh, CAO, when I, when the Osgener family owned CAO before it sold, and uh, when they did, when they uh, sold and eventually ended up under STG, um, Mike Conder and John Huber stayed in Nashville and started Crown Heads. Um, I think we just hired employee number nine, okay, maybe ten, but we're nine people strong. Um, I cover Texas, Oklahoma, Wichita, Kansas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. So I got a pretty uh, yeah. pretty big territory. Um, but you know, John John is. Uh, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's the one who comes up with all the stories, all the cigars, all the marketing. He mm-hmm. does He's uh, the genius behind all the blends. Uh, we're very fortunate, Crown Heads, that we have uh, cigar makers like Ernie Carrillo, mm-hmm. uh, my father family, uh, Drew Estate at one point was making cigars for us, uh, Pachardo, uh, Tobacco Ler Pachardo, and now we're working. Uh, La Patissia is made at uh, the Noxa uh, factory. Okay. Um so we've got some great manufacturers, factories that make our cigars for us. Yeah. But yeah, Crown Heads we've been around uh 2010. Uh Four Kicks was That's our right. original first mm-hmm. first cigar we ever shipped. Uh last year was the La Vereda was our uh, latest release and we just announced the uh, Mildias uh Maduro and Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro as a core line release that'll be shipping next month.
0: It's going to be a Connecticut Broadleaf Wrapper?
1: Connecticut Broadleaf. Even
0: with the Even, difficulty in yes. sourcing that leaf yes. right now? Wow. Yes. Wow.
1: We, we're very, yeah, it's, it's as, as all of us sales guys, the first question mm-hmm. we asked was yep.
0: Connecticut? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's like yeah. nerd level yeah, kind of yeah. insider. But yeah, yeah,
1: it is definitely a Connecticut Broadleaf. Um, okay. It's going to be made, uh, I believe it's still being made at Tobacco Air Okay. And uh, it's due to ship. Up. We're going to do it in three sizes the Edmundo the Sublime, and the uh, Topaz uh, sizes, and it'll be the same price point as the Mildias Natural. Okay, cool. And uh, some I don't have an exact ship date, but sometime yeah. in February. Okay. Yeah. Coming right up. Come, yeah, oh, very wow. soon. Okay. yep,
0: Yeah, I'll have to check into that because I love Mildias personally, yep. and I didn't realize that the anatomy was so unique. Peruvian yeah, and, and so Costa Rican filler.
1: We've done a couple limited Mildias mm-hmm. with a uh, Sumatra Maduro. Okay. Um and those were LE releases, they were not core line. Uh but so the core line release is definitely going to be a new blend with the Broadleaf wrapper. Uh but yeah, the the uh the Mil-Dias is a very unique I uh, I you know when you tell people that's Costa Rican and Peruvian they they kind of look off. at yeah, you. Yeah. 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 yeah like unconventional countries really. The right. nerds go ooh yeah, yeah. and then people that don't go what's that and, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's it's a great selling point. And it's one of those cigars. When people smoke it for the first time, you kind of see their eyes. They get it. Mm-hmm. They get the flavor. And like I said, there's not a lot of. There's, I, I, I dare say that you could go into your your humidor and there wouldn't be another cigar that you would find that yeah. tastes like that.
0: No, I, I I can verify for that because yeah, for me, unique. yeah, yeah, it's very like distinct. It's hard to like recommend an alternative or right. like a, another like. Similar right. one, a lot of yeah. brands,
1: ours included. Yeah. If they like one, you like yeah. especially with that. There's but, crossover, right? They like la patisserie. I'm like, well, you got to smoke la creme. Mm-hmm. But with Miel Diaz, there's very th- th- there's not a lot of places you can send them to because yeah. it's just so unique to me.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and what's the story behind Miel Diaz? Because that you know what the Latin tr- or Spanish translation. Right.
1: So the M. Uh, which you could say is mildeas, but it's also the Roman numeral for a thousand Mildeas translates to a thousand days. Yeah. And it was the anniversary of our thousand day relationship with Tabacular Pichardo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. And I love how just the, the design of the band looks as well. Cause you know, besides the blend, I like look at the artwork and the packaging. So yeah, it's been one of my favorite, you know, newer releases, I guess from, from crown heads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been a, an account with Crown Heads really since the beginning. Yes. Um, I know, I think we tried to get on like as soon as the announcement was made, but like I think John and company kind of only really reserved it for like a very few.
1: We did but I the, think we got like the uh,
0: second wave or third wave. Yeah. We yeah. did a,
1: to kind of like Route 66. We did 66 accounts in the uh, beginning. Okay. And that, because all, we were only shipping four kicks, that was the only thing yeah. we had. So mm-hmm. we started with a very small small group to get it out there and to try to generate some buzz and then Mm -hmm. grow up from there and And, Headley grange hit after that and that's when we started opening it up to more and more shops
0: and i think like a lot of cigar nerds appreciate the limited editions that crown heads puts out to me it's one of those companies or crown heads is one of those companies whose limited editions have this buzz and like excitement behind it so it's an interesting strategy crown heads releases, you know, the way they release their their limited editions, and you know, makes it engaging and exciting for for the end consumer.
1: Yeah, and one one uh, positive part of that is a lot of the times the limited edition, especially when we do La Creme or we do a Mildias, um, and even uh, Mule Kick, it drives business back to the core brands. Yeah. So somebody who's never had our cigar before, but you recommend uh, the Mildias Maduro. Well, when they come back, they say, Well, here's the core line, you can try that. Um, or La Creme, when we do the Bellicosafinos in a limited size, it drives back to the core line sizes yeah. that we do. The only exception would be obviously Las Calaveras, but that's the that's, that's an our, annual now, right? That's yeah. our unicorn every year that yep. everybody kind of anticipates. And mm-hmm. I, I have you know, I, I came on, I joined Crown Heads at the end of 2014, so the first ever lost calaveras had already shipped okay because of its popularity i now so but in about a month i'm going to start getting text messages i'm going to start getting instant messages um i'm gonna start getting phone calls what's the blend what color is the band there's Mm -hmm. actually groups of people that place bets to guess what the band and the color is going to be that year on Los calaveras it's crazy oh that's funny Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: This past year or last year was what the orange? Uh,
1: yes, orange was broadleaf. Yeah, we did connect Broadleaf. I
0: think. I think it reminded me of like the Bucky's color. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that was like on purpose. Or... Of course, everybody in Texas is like is longhorns. Yeah, but yeah. But, oh and, yeah, 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 longhorn, orange, longhorns. Yeah.
1: But everywhere else, they, they, they thought it was uh, Bucky's or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And speaking of Bucky's, you were the first sales <laughs> rep on the road to introduce me, a Louisiana boy, to like this. Bucky's concept.
1: I was their number one unpaid salesperson. You (laughs) were. You are. Yeah. I'm sure other reps might want to take claim to that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, for me, at least with me, you were the first one, and I just felt like, man, this is a interesting like cult. It's the greatest place on earth,
1: and it's not a truck stop. No eighteen wheelers are allowed. It is the Walmart of convenience stores. I mean, for so a guy that spends as much time on the road as I do, I drive. Fifty to sixty thousand miles a year, so I'm on the road a lot. One hundred seventy nights in a hotel. Um, When you go to a place that has (laughs) twenty fully walled, fully door stalled, uh, fully doored stalls, bathrooms, and has an average of fifty urinals in the bathroom, and they have an employee that only job is to keep that bathroom clean, right? You're gonna you're gonna seek them out, you you know, and plus. there could be three hundred people in there, and you're in and out in two minutes because they have mm-hmm. twenty five people running. I mean, it's just a it's a. It, I always call it the greatest place on earth. It's it's just a very cool place. So
0: for people maybe listening outside of Bucky's markets that have no idea what we're talking about, it's basically a, a just to kind of deconstruct it like a a. a Grand scale. If you're going to break it down to its store?
1: basic core, it's a yeah. convenience store. Yeah. It's a gas station convenience yeah. store, but it's but it's much more than that. Much. I mean, yeah. there's some of them you can go buy GoPros, you can buy Oakley sunglasses, you can buy. Uh, I saw it, walked into one. Uh, I think it was in Ennis. They were selling drones. Wow. Every barbecue rub you can think of, they sell. They sell camping, hunting, deer corn smokers you name it right they sell it yeah on top of sodas and snacks and having a bathroom and having their barbecued. i mean their barbecue for a convenience store their brisket is actually really good yeah for you know you're not walking into one of these legendary texas barbecue joints you're right. walking into a convenience store and getting a hell of a brisket sandwich i mean mm-hmm. it's, and their brisket or their Breakfast burritos. I mean, everything there is is just outstanding, and the and their jerky bar is. I think it's, you know, a hundred feet long. So
0: so you'll be proud of me, I've, since since I last saw you, I had my first Bucky's experience or trip Which in you October. Go to? The one in Alabama, maybe by Fairhope. Okay, yeah, yeah, on I ten. Yes, the yeah, one going out going by Eastbound? Leeds
1: near. Uh, it's uh, kind of out near Talladega. I'm, I'm sure you've been there, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. How well, many? How many have real you gone? Quick, real quick. Okay. That one in Leeds. Okay. So I, I now cover Alabama. Okay. I book my hotel room. Uh I was looking for a spot in Birmingham and uh-huh. I see Leeds is really close to Birmingham. And as I'm driving down the interstate, I see I knew they had opened Bucky's and I see it. I'm like, oh my God. Oh wait, my <laughs> exit is the same as Bucky's. Well, this will be cool. I turn and my hotel. So the room I got. Again, I'm geeking out because I'm a Bucky's name. Yeah, that's awesome. When I opened my window in my room, Bucky's was right there. <laughs> I had full view like of the Bucky's. Yeah, yeah, the temple. I mean, the light was bright. Yeah. I mean, it's so.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> that was
1: my first place in the morning.
0: You ever watch a uh, Seinfeld? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the episode with Kramer and the uh, Kenny Rogers chicken? Oh, <laughs> shop. That opened up across the street from him, and his room, and like the light would glare in. That was kind of like what was yeah, that That was was Bucky's for you, huh?
1: So so until they started going, until they opened the ones in Tennessee, I had been to every Bucky's until, and then they opened the one in Tennessee, and now there's so many that I haven't been to all of them. So, but at one point, I had been to even the small. They actually in um, just outside of Austin. There's a couple. They're actually there's one outside of Houston, and there's one in the Hill Country outside of Austin. Okay, um, that is, um, it's actually like looks like a convenience store. It's a like very small Bucky's. Oh, okay. It's the original, you know. They weren't before they got to where they are now. It yeah. was six pumps and a small convenience store. Getting started. Store. Yeah. Getting started. So I've been to those two originals, mm-hmm. and hmm. then that then they started going. Yeah. The Montgomery one near College Station was the first okay. kind of big one and then that's i think the one they're getting ready to open in hillsboro is going to have 144 gas pumps
0: what 144 gas pumps that's insane
1: the one in mesquite i think has 88 Chew. and there's sometimes you pull in you're waiting
0: yeah that's for, for gas yeah. yeah well so i've passed by that bucky's in alabama multiple times cuz every year uh i think for like the last 5 or 6 years me and a group of friends go down to the Keys. Like we drive mm-hmm. from New Orleans down to the Florida Keys and we we pass at Bucky's and like every time it's just it just it looks crowded. I'm like oh, that's the thing, I can't though, do it. Go
1: in. Literally, you're not unless you use the bathroom, you're in and out in yeah. three, four minutes. Well, that's
0: what I realized. In October, I went with the family down to Disney World and we passed by. And my brother, who lives like my middle brother, you I don't know if you know him, Carlos, he lives in Australia. He wanted to go to Bucky's, he hadn't seen it, he heard about it. So we are like, all right, let's just go take the little kids. Right. And when I walked in there, I immediately understood like what you talk about, what other like cult like followers talk about. And they have their all
1: brand name stuff yeah. as well, which is really good. The bu- the be- uh was
0: it the, the uh, Beaver Nuggets? Beaver Nuggets. I had to get that because of you. Yeah, yeah it's like corn
1: puffs. I mean, yeah. you need to eat them like
0: cereal. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Like, <laughs> "Man, you could pour this in a bowl and pour milk on uh, yep. put, yeah, pour yep. milk on it." Man, no, but it's 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 an incredible phenomenon. Uh, and business, and I don't know if you know much about that business. Is it private? Yeah, so... It's not publicly The held. guys
1: that started it, um, one of the owners' last name is Beaver, so that's why the mascot's mm. a Beaver. I believe, I want to say it's two guys, and I believe both of them went to Texas A&M, hmm. if I'm not mistaken. That's why they all opened up in that area first. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, it's family-owned, um, and if you... Next time you go to one, look at their, uh, they usually have like, we're hiring yep. for these positions. I saw that. And the, and the, the salaries, too. Salaries, benefits. Damn. You know, it's one of those places that people start working there and they don't leave because yep. they, they get treated so well.
0: That's why I, I immediately like sensed that looking at that signage. Yeah. And, and had even more admiration for that company because it seems like they get it in terms of creating a culture. Right.
1: For right.
0: For their staff where they want to retain them. It's not just a, you know, uh, transitory kind of job or, or temporary job, they try to hire people for the long term. Yeah, and I mean that's something that you know we strive for is when we hire staff, we don't want just someone to last a few months. Like we're trying to right. create a, a
1: potential career. And pathway. the longer they stay, you actually save mm-hmm. money because it costs more to train somebody new. Yeah, and if they're if you're constantly turning people over. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, can you give me or shed some light into? Like the typical average like cigar store, do you see a lot of employee turnover? Is that the norm in our industry or what, the, what do you, it's
1: there I, I would dare say it's it's almost like 50 Okay. Um you've got a lot of shops where people have been there. I, I, I know who's gonna be there every single mm. time I walk in. Yeah. And then there's some shops that it's gonna be somebody different every time I okay. walk in. So it, it's to me, it's like a fifty-fifty split. Okay. Um, you know, obviously everybody runs their business different. Right. And uh, you know, some just have more turnover than others. Um, but there's some shops I walk in, and I've been calling on them now. This is I'm starting my twentieth year as a rep, and there's still people that I know I'm gonna see when I walk into their store because they're gonna be there every time I walk in. Yeah. And and again there's shops I walk into that I'm going to have to reintroduce myself mm. and you know get to know somebody new. And yeah.
0: that's maybe like one of the frustrating parts is like you got to start sure. again and not that you hate it but it's like right. it just takes a little more time. Yeah it
1: does. And look you know? and for me and I'm being completely selfish here as a representative uh-huh. but when I if I get to know somebody and they're a fan of my cigars Ooh. and I know they're selling my cigars and I'm not there and then they leave I'm like, well, am I going to get that again? You know, so you know, mm. it, it you know, so yeah, it's sometimes when you when you lose some of them, it does hurt uh, because oh, you yeah, lose your right. kind of ambassador. You lose like your Bucky's right. fanboy, right? right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're you're not. You know, obviously, we can't be in the store, um, and my territory's so big, so I can't rotate mm. through as often as some of the other reps. So to have an employee like right. that, right. it helps me. Yeah. I, again, I'm being totally selfish here. No, nope, but that, that's a but very yeah. valid point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And I've seen that in like in other shops, even with ourselves. Like, sure, if I'm a fanboy of Company A, I'm more likely to push. It him. makes a difference. I try to like spread the, the love around, him, but but you can't help it. I know I mean, you can't help it. We just get kind of like not lazy, but like we get in the same rotation. It's right. just what we know, we're comfortable with. Right, but you know, it's a challenge uh, in that regard, especially if you lose a, you know, a some staff member in some shop that was a fanboy of yours. Right, and it's like sales can you know adversely yeah. be impacted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, going back to Bucky's, uh, the first time I visited was this past October, and I got it. Like I, I realized, it? like, and I was thinking of you too. I was like, "Yeah, I can understand why Brian's like <laughs> he loves this place." Me, but it's cool. Like they have a lot of like their own packaged. Oh yeah, private brands. And yeah, it, it, and it's just like you said, run well like a, uh, like an oil machine. Like yeah, it's, I, it's I, it's like when you criminal. walk in, uh, there has been I can count
1: the number of times on my hand that I've waited maybe more than five minutes to check out mm-hmm. to get back out to my car. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's it's even when when you walk up and there's a line, you know it's gonna be you're gonna move it's gonna be it fast, and, yeah. quick. I'll I'll tell you my my two greatest Bucky moments in my
0: Okay. In my life. Uh in long, your Bucky's career.
1: My Bucky's career. <laughs> uh Texas Cigar Fest that that Ron Lasserau used to run yeah, was Cigar. serious cigars. Uh... I as a rep, I hate wasting a day driving. So Texas Cigar Fest would end Saturday night around ten. Most people okay. spend the night, I would drive home on a Sunday. Okay. I hate wasting that day driving on Sunday. So hmm. I'll leave at 11 o'clock and just drive home. It's only a four-hour drive. But there's been times I've finished events in New Orleans at 10 o'clock at night. You go th- back. And drove the eight and a half hour because I hate Holy wasting God. that yeah, Sunday I know. I know. driving. Yeah, yeah. So I had uh, Miguel, I think, with me. Uh, we are, had the. I plan on taking him to the airport the next morning. Mm-hmm. We're at a shop. We're all smoking and, you know, telling stories. A bunch of the people, the uh, reps and principals were at this lounge hanging out. It's about midnight. I'm like, you know what, Miguel, can I take you to the hotel? And the, do you mind taking an Uber to the airport tomorrow morning? I, mm-hmm. I'd just rather. And I like driving at night anyway. Yeah. So long story short, I drop him off the hotel. About 1 a.m., I head back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an hour and a half from Houston. I know the, all of them. <laughs> it's an yep. hour and a half from Houston <laughs> to Bucky's there, in Montgomery. Yeah. So I think I pulled in 2:30 in the morning. The the I am the only truck getting gas. All the pumps are empty. I walk into the store. I'm the only customer. Every employee turns and looks at me and goes, Welcome to Bucky's. Oh wow. And I just start skipping through the store. Like I have <laughs> this entire store to myself. Yep. Skip over to the drinks, get yeah. me a drink, skip over, and get me a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> That's like, incredible. I had the whole store. Yeah, yeah. So that was one. But the, the best one, I did an event in Temple, Texas. I get done. I get there's a Bucky's in Temple. I'm I'm getting gas. I go inside to get a drink. And um I'm walking to the line to pay, and I hear this. I, somebody taps me on the shoulder, uh-huh. and I turn around, and it's the manager of Bucky's. Okay, and he goes, "Are you Brian McGee with Crown Heads?" I went, "What?"
0: Yes, I am. <laughs> he goes, "What?"
1: I love your cigars. I'm like, "I love your short. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> what?
0: And I get, I geek out. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, dude, he's, he's geeking out about you, and you're and geeking, I'm geeking out, geek out yeah, about yeah. him.
1: So I pay for my stuff. I go, come out to my truck. I'm like, giving him hats. I'm giving him cigars. Oh, I'm man. like. <laughs> it was yeah. To have a Bucky's manager go, "Are you Brian with
0: Crown Heads?" I'm like, "Yes, I am." That's incredible. <laughs> that's so cool. That's, it, I mean, I mean, yeah. It, it, that that's just people might be hearing this like, "Man, these are a couple and nerds." Exactly. But you know what? Everybody here, this you know? going
1: to be two people who go. I get that. Yeah, and the rest of them, yeah. I don't understand yeah. it at
0: all. Nerds, <laughs> nerds. <Yeah. laughs> no, but I love that. It's just the passion, right? Like, right, right. That's what I admire. Um, like throughout the years, working in a cigar store, talking to clients. Like I get excited when they're excited about whatever makes them passionate. Right. It could be right. something as mundane as being involved in corrugated packaging. Right. If they have like a love of that and if they're nerding out, right. I, I admire that, you know? Just well, no matter what, what the industry is, you know.
1: I've now have a McKinney, uh a Bucky's and McKinney nine minutes from my house. <laughs> oh no. And there's an exit for Bucky's Boulevard. <laughs>
0: They had. Don't they try to like name the streets yeah. now, like yeah. for the new Bucky's? Yeah. Did you know we were supposed Louisiana was supposed to yeah, get we were the supposed Buc-ies? to get the first here, Buc- town.
1: outside of outside of Texas in um, like somewhere right here in Baton Rouge, right off of I ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it
0: was I twelve or yeah twelve, yeah, yeah.
1: just outside the city limits. And uh, they ended up going to Florida.
0: What happened? Do you know what happened? I Look, I can only tell you rumors. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Rumors. Because so I'll tell you my
1: rumor, like what, what I've heard. Uh, what I heard was the state of Louisiana wanted
0: – Yeah, a little – little – payola little, shmore, little, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And Bucky said – Because their goal was to have I-10 and 12 covered from oh, Texas gotcha. yeah. to Florida. Yeah. To have that supply line, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, because so, it's I-10, I-12 – intersection right here in Baton Rouge is right. important.
1: Yeah. Right. And they picked Baton Rouge as the first outside of Texas yeah. and because again that's what I've heard mm-hmm. uh they ended up going to I think it was Daytona or uh okay Panama somewhere in Florida. Yeah, somewhere
0: in Florida. Okay. Yeah,
1: and then then it was Alabama. Yep. And Alabama Now there's job. two in Alabama. Yeah. And they just opened one I so Actually they just opened a third one in Alabama up near uh Madison, Huntsville. Okay. Uh there's a there's a uh the cigar room, Donald Waddell has three shops. He has one in Muscle Shoals, one in Madison, and one in Gunnersville, Alabama. And going from one for going from Madison to his muscle shores, it's about an hour, ten minute drive, but it takes you right past that Bucky, the third Bucky's that they opened. Oh, it's man. brand new. Gee, what
0: is- yeah. I'm sure that that can't hurt him, right? Oh, no. It, just getting that tra- traffic diverted there. Yeah, and yeah. Man, it's just, yeah, when I heard that rumor, the Bucky's skipping here, it just reminded me about the stories about Walt Disney. I don't know if you've heard those stories. Yeah, because originally it was supposed yep. to be in New Orleans. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be I think somewhere. somewhere in Slidell or New yeah, Orleans yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that area. So for people who don't know, supposedly Walt Disney wanted to open up the Magic Kingdom here in Louisiana way back when. The same thing happened. You had the politicians come out of the woodwork it was centrally you know, to the U.S. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it it checked off the boxes that Disney was looking for, right? right. Warm right. weather typically right. throughout the year. Um, I guess he was kind of looking at swampy land. I guess he could develop or drain, get on the cheap. But once again, our politicians are, you know, good old boys were right. looking for the handout, right? And uh, he said, you know what? No, nope, I'm just going to skip, go to Florida. So it just happened again with Bucky's and. You know, I I always get frustrated. Like, Louisiana should be like, oh, look, I love Louisiana. I'm not, you know, talking bad about them. It's my home state. But it's just frustrating that we continue to regress where we should be as big, in my opinion, as Texas or Florida. Right. Because
1: of the resources we have here. Well, look at all the movies that are filmed here. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys got a lot of pub
0: because of that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh it's just something gets in the way or of progress and just we keep regressing, you know. Right. So it's just frustrating. And um but I did hear that they're gonna ma- open up Bucky's, I think up in I twenty near Monroe. I Have th- you heard yeah.
1: that? Yeah. So I it's either gonna be outside of Shreveport, Bowser City or okay. m- halfway or in Monroe, Monroe or re, yeah. on the way to Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So hopefully uh Louisiana learned it, it, it's its lesson and yeah, you know, can yeah, you know, be more business friendly. Don't look for the payout right away. All right, so i to ask out. you a question. Okay. So
1: regarding Louisiana. Okay. So, interesting to me, as an outsider, mm-hmm. it's one of the few states where LSU dominates the entire state. Yeah. There's no yeah. other competition. Right. And as an outsider, I look at Louisiana. There's two parts to Louisiana. There's Louisiana, Lafayette, New Orleans, and then there's East Texas, which is Shreveport. Yeah, So that's if, true. You being, living down here, do you claim Streetport as part of Louisiana, or do you
0: consider that just East Texas? Uh, culturally, they are closer to Texas right. culture, right? Um, but, I mean, I don't have any ill will towards, like, the north part of Louisiana. Sure, sure. Because the way I viewed it, and I've said it, I'm sure, on the podcast, you know, I view Louisiana like Spain. You know, my affinity for Spain and having traveled there. If you look at Spain, each little region has its own little culture and but it's still Spain too. So like right. we have that kind of dynamic. So I don't have any ill will um or any negative view. But yeah, I mean there's a reason why most people in Shreveport or northern Louisiana are are Dallas Cowboys fans. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. And not the Saints. Right. And it, it is different, but I, I mean I I enjoy the in my time that I've, I've it's been a little, you know, short time that I spend there, but you know, it is kind of a cool, different, you know, area and setup. Right. And I used to travel there a lot more when I used to work at Imperial Trading. Right. When I would go on wholesale calls to those casinos up there. Right. To sell cigars. And I'd spent some time just, you know, crashing the night in that town and got a sense for it. And, yeah, it is different. Like, coming from, the you know, New Orleans, that's where I grew up. It's it's kind of a culture shock. But I never, like, to me, that was never negative. I like exploring new uh, philosophies or areas and and just the the layout, you know, the landscape. Um, but to me, I think that that should be something a, a source of pride for all Louisianians. Like you have the New Orleans culture, you have the Cadiana sure. Lafayette culture, Baton Rouge, Monroe, Homa, Lake Charles, and yeah, we can kind of be like sibling rivalry where we kind of poke fun at each other, but at the end, like we're we're all for Louisiana, right. you know? But it's just frustrating, like when the politics hinder business progress. Um, This has been a frustration of mine, personally, being in the cigar trade. I know that Louisiana gets skipped over a lot by a lot of manufacturers because we have punitive excise taxes. We don't have a lot of shops because we're also poor and consumers. So everyone, and look, rightly so, if if, if you're a small, especially a small manufacturer that only has finite resources and time, you're going to focus on the Texas's of the world or the Florida's of the world because it's just bigger population it makes more sense you know you can make more of an impact right you know with 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 fewer you know shorter time invested in those areas you know
1: yeah and we'll, we do have the show next year two years in New Orleans yeah that's right coming up yeah. This yeah will be the last year in Vegas yeah and then two years in New Orleans
0: yeah I'm excited for that but uh hopefully with with this governor we have he's you know he's pro cigar um the legislature being typically pro cigar it, it hopefully we can take this opportunity to kind of maybe even progress with our industry. And, right. you know, I would love, my dream would be to see that 20% excise tax gone, you know, or at least let's compromise. Let's bring it back. Bring it back down. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, that that hurts us. I mean, if you look at our MSRPs and we get this all the time, especially Texans that come over here and we have some of the most competitive prices in the state, we're still like 10% above what they're used to. and Right. They tell us like, man, why you're all so expensive? And yeah, you know, we got to explain like, there's excise taxes state by state, and that's why yeah. you know we're kind of um, um, put at a disadvantage.
1: They need to they need to look at Arkansas because mm-hmm. at one point Arkansas had a 69 percent OTP tax, and it put almost every shop in Arkansas out of business. And they finally rolled it back to about fifty cents a cigar tax-wise, and now that state is there's shops opening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that revenue is starting to come back in for the state because of that.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. yeah when when that, that that was a very punitive excise tax, yeah. it pretty much killed the brick and mortar uh, yes, landscape definitely. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, like rational heads prevailed. They're like, you know what? Let's, let's go back. At least compromise with a cap. I mean, right. I would love a cap. Sure. You know? Sure. And, you know, I, I'm very curious to see like what kind of revenue does the state bring in from cigar excise taxes. It's got to be so small like why why don't you just let's experiment like get rid of it. See right. what happens. See what happens. Yeah. I I would bet any good bit of money to see that the effects would be more sales, maybe even more shops, which I would love. I don't care about more shops opening up. That to me it would create like a a Tampa environment, right? Sure. This you create sure. this culture of cigar consumption. And it's a norm, so it. it I think it increase the pie. Yeah, you got not just divide the pie.
1: You got to make it bigger. Yep. You exactly. got to make it bigger. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So doing things like that to make it to where you want business to invest in in right. an area where, where 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 it can benefit them. You know, I mean, that's why I talked to um, the Fishers um, uh, an episode an episode or two ago about how to me it's impressive to see. Even now manufacturers or importers basing out of Texas. Right. Like the Oscar Vidarises of the world or the Roma Crafts. Right. Before it used to be just like in South just Florida.
1: For, right. Yeah. Right.
0: Or in the East Coast, like well, in New York. The
1: Finks started it all. The you know, hmm. the, the Finks, the, you know, they, they started their manufacturing in, in Texas back in the nineteen early late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, I think. And uh the the story is that the reason why Cigar tax in Texas is 1.1 cent a stick is because of the Finks. Are you kidding? They worked with every Texas legislator and said, as long as there's a manufacturer in Texas, Hmm. that tax on cigars can't be more than a penny a stick. Wow. And they're the ones that made that happen.
0: I didn't know that. Now,
1: pipe tobacco is almost 100% in Texas, but cigar tax is 1.1 cent a stick. Wow. Yeah.
0: I know that's a legendary family. Um, I don't know them personally, but I've, heard about them via reputation and their their long history and story. Yeah. I've heard that the founder of Finks, he used to be a cigar roller at a New Orleans cigar factory um at the Hernschine cigar factory. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. And I only know that a few episodes ago like the first of the year we did in 2024, I actually read an article that I co-wrote back in 2007 I actually did research on the New Orleans cigar uh, making scene in like the late 1800s to like 1920s. And in my research, I saw that, that connection up. with Finks. I was like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. So I wonder if they, if the present family even knows that. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do, yeah. yeah. But, but there's a New Orleans connection between the Finks. Well, I definitely want to ask them about that. Mm-hmm. The next time I see them, yeah. I'll talk to Bill about And if that. I'm wrong, I mean, just just you know, call me or yeah. correct me like, oh, you just made that up. <laughs> but I didn't know that. That's pretty cool that that family yeah. was responsible for... Or at least being you know, contributing Making to that, that low yeah. excise tax in, yeah. in Texas. Wow. That's pretty cool. And they uh they still make um they man, still, what, Travis Club. Yeah, yeah. the Travis Club. They still Club, have yeah. their
1: catalog they send out every month. Um, they still make Travis Club. Um, yeah, so they're when we do the the Finx Lone Star Cigar Bash, they have all of all of our, you know, manufacturers with our the multi vendor event. You know, you have oh, True yeah, estate yeah. and crown heads mm-hmm. and Everybody there, but then they have their own table with all their product on it that they're selling as well. And oh. when you walk into their humidors, half the humidor is for, you know, General Altadis and us. And then the other half of the humidor is all their product that they make, all the Travis Club and everything oh. they make. And he oh. just opened a new headquarters and one of their meeting rooms. The wall that room's kind of like a, a museum, and it's got all of the original uh, equipment, and and uh, you know one cent a stick advertising, and uh, all the molds and all that stuff that they used to use when they first started, and they've got it all on display in this meeting room. It's just you know if you're a history nerd, yeah. especially with cigars, cigars, yeah, to see all that is oh, yeah. is pretty cool. Wow, yeah. is
0: is that just in their office, or is That's that open in San to the public? Antonio.
1: No, that, no, that yeah, you'd have to have an appointment. To, oh, okay. yeah. to see that. I wish they would let people in there to see it because it's very cool.
0: Well, and it's kind of like what I don't know if you. I'm sure you follow because you're you're heavy on uh, social media and posting, and it, it, you're very interactive with like the cigar community, which I think is cool. Like you were a real right. cigar nerd. Um, with what JC Newman's doing with their factory in Tampa, like they they redeveloped it these last few years. And they're offering tours. Right. You know, so that's kind of cool. It's very effective.
1: It yeah, is very effective.
0: And it, to me it helps the industry out, right? Not just right. that one company, but it it underscores to like even non-smokers or non-cigar people in this country that we have a history, you know, right. in this country. Right. And that's, so it's cool to see the, the Newmans continue, the the Finks continue that. I'm yeah. sure there are others in this country. I just don't know. Right. I know Jersey was was huge with um. Cigar manufacturing, or at least like the Princeton area, right, with like a lot of the Cuban immigrants at one point when the revolution occurred. So like you find little pockets still, right, right, of the cigar culture still trying to hold on, you know. But no, that's pretty cool. But going back to like our history, I remember, I don't know what year we met. I so I started the cigar industry in as a as a career in two thousand three, right, and I was working like I said for Imperial Trading. I think I met you when you were the C A our CAO rep, right back then, right? Right. Yeah, I well,
1: started with CAO in two thousand five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I remember your dad was uh, managing. Um,
0: yeah, the Don Wands. The and, Don Wands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: and that's when I first met your family. Yeah. 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 It's been a, it's been a minute.
0: <laughs> so you were with CAO when it was Osner owned. When the Oshner for game. like what they they sold, they sold in, like in two thousand ten? Yeah. Oh,
1: 2010? well, two th- 2008. Um, Henry Winterman's That's right. bought them out. Oh, yeah. And then okay. uh, eventually STG bought Henry Winterman's. Mm. Um, and 2010 is when STG took it and they were putting it under General's umbrella. Yeah. Um, so I was there 2005, 2010. Okay. And then. Um, then you moved over to. I moved to Toronto. Toronto, yeah. And then 2010 to 2014, he sells to yeah, General. To, to general. And I'm like, what's going on? So <laughs> Man, my, my running joke enough. was, yeah. you want to sell your business? Hire me. It'll be sold in five years. Right, to STG. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. And uh, uh, and then so this is, I'm starting my 10th year with uh, Crown Heads. Okay. Ten, in October, but I'm technically starting my 10th yeah. year with them. And you, were the, and you were their first. No, sales West. Rep. West was their very first sales rep. Oh, yeah, okay. he was. Their, he kind of covered every uh, the entire country. Okay, and uh, I was their second hire, and uh, that's when we did Yellow Rose. Came out with Yellow Rose because I was in Texas.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, Explain that. What's what's the deal with Yellow Rose? So
1: we're based in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So they came out with the Tennessee Waltz. Mm-hmm. We're based in Nashville. Let's show love to all the accounts that are in Tennessee, in our home state. Yeah. Let's do a cigar that's only made for Tennessee. Yeah. Well, as we've been talking about, for most manufacturers, Texas or Florida mm-hmm. is usually their number one sell state. So when they hired me, and I lived and I live in the Dallas area, well, let's do one for the state of Texas since we have a rep there now. Let's do the Yellow Rose of Texas. And and that's one thing I love about John, man. He he deep dives on some stuff.
0: I know he's crazy and
1: gets like Le Creme. Yeah. Before he told us, I would have never guessed where that name came from. That it was actually a person's name that created the chocolate souffle, right? So it's and so he does the deep dive on the Tennessee Waltz. He does the deep dive on the Yellow Rose Rosa, Texas. And then as we start growing, we eventually did the uh, Buckeye, Buckeye Land because yeah. his wife is from ohio and her maiden name was land what so we did buckeye land
0: oh that's cool i didn't yeah. know that yeah oh
1: yeah there's always there's always a twist with john there's yeah. always there's always a little twist there
0: he's, he's like a like an author like this yeah there's always a thematic connection right to me that's just cool like that yeah. just for you know it sounds bad like to call it nerdery nerdery but right i mean we're nerds here you know yeah so And the thing I love about
1: John is uh, he's he's got that attitude of the struggling artist. Mm. You know, he's 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 the 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 thing I I I I know it's genuine in him, but if if he were to give you a cigar and you smoked it and you would, yeah, I don't like it. To John, you're telling John I don't like you. Oh, he 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 can't separate right, but that's also what drives him and once you know it it's it's a driving force in him to make a better cigar mm-hmm. a better story a better whatever to you know yeah. to keep creating like that and it's uh it's very interesting
0: and i always wonder that like you you bring up this notion of like when people are sampling any cigar right you and i both know for every cigar there's a fan and a critic of but, any blend of course right? of course and you're not going to satisfy 100% right of the market with any B- one blend, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard of people, you know, give me their negative critiques on Fuente or Padron. Sure. And you 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 just it.
1: kind of blink at them, but okay, it's, right. your, it's, your, it's your cigar, opinion, yeah. your opinion. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: right. But you would hope as a manufacturer that you get more positives than, sure. than negatives, you know, to, to be a sustainable business model. But uh, no, I've noticed that with like a lot of artists, it, it's really almost an affront to their, right. their talent or very or, few you know, can
1: separate. Right. All right, you don't like it, that's cool. That's fine, yeah. But the, the, the ones that, that it's a drive inside yeah. that's like, all right, he doesn't like me. How can I make him like me? Right, what do I need to make better? Or what do I, oh. you know, what can I improve on?
0: And what I would say if as a manufacturer or blender, I would ask that person, all right, what don't you like about this blend? Because maybe it might not be anything wrong with the blend. It's just wrong with your taste. No, no. Right, right. It's just, you know, <laughs> some people I think, it's almost like with 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 food taste, right? You've heard of those people that there's that like genetic thing that for some people there's that food cilantro that tastes like soap. Oh, have yes, you heard of that? Yes. Yeah,
1: I've got a buddy of mine that looks at food as purely fuel. Mm. He can go to McDonald's right. or he can go to the greatest steakhouse in the country, and to him, it's food. Yeah, it's just calories. There's there's, there's yeah, like no I, art I to I it. Need Who to cares? Eat this to keep going. Oh. There's no enjoying. There's no flavor it's just i need to do this so i can keep living yeah and so you know sometimes mm. you might be that kind of person right. telling you that you know didn't hit my palate yeah they're
0: almost like too like numerically viewing right, right. things like they don't right. care about the art side of right. it they just like does it meet the caloric intake in, sure. you know in terms of food like we're discussing so have you seen an instance where like someone critiques his blend like that yeah
1: i mean i i've like seen Like they kind of yeah give yeah. the negative
0: you know i i, I wish i wish. You don't have to mention names <laughs> no but like
1: but i i just I, there's one story i would love to tell you but i can't yeah, yeah i got it but it, it just it it drove the fact home that yeah he's you know it, it's 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 hard for him to not it's take separate. it personal right yeah
0: so like when we get samples i try to look at the blend objectively right Will this sell? Will they be? Will Will there be more yeses, or or you know, ringing on the register on this on this blend? Because there's some blends I personally don't like, but it doesn't mean we wouldn't bring it in. Right, we you can't we carry. have
1: everything you like in there. Yeah, I when I was with CAO and we sold the CAO flavors. Okay, I would open new accounts and guys would look at me. Yeah, I'm not going to carry flavors. I'm like, mm. do you not like money? Right, just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're not going to sell like crazy because you brought them in. Yep, yeah, that's a a big problem for a lot Mm. of new stores is they only bring what they like. Yeah, Yeah. and then if you come in and say, "Hey, do you carry this?" I I don't like that. Well, I do, and I am willing to give you my money for it. But all right, I'll go find somebody else who does.
0: Yeah, and plus, that's like from a business standpoint, that's you don't want to tell a customer, "No, that that blend sucks," right? Because now you are basically kind of like. The guy negatively critiquing John, like, right. you don't have any worth. You don't know what you're doing. You know, you don't know what you like to smoke. I mean, you might lose that customer forever. Like, why would they come back? Right, why would they? If they know they're going to be badgered or braided right. Right. or ridiculed for whatever choice they, they make in their cigars. So, you know, for me, that's that's a tip I would give out to anyone new in the business, especially if you want to open up a cigar store. Don't just carry what you like. Carry what the market once so your customers can, are going to
1: tell you what you yeah, should carry right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so you
0: can survive right Right. it's, it's about right. business survival here so but no um i love what john has done with the company and you know people on board that are an asset to crown heads with your just passion for cigars i think it, it it it's only beneficial but um i know going back to like those state exclusives it it became it, like an annual release that you would offer to other stores nationally.
1: Yeah, once right? a year we would offer that. Uh, we'd call it our Day of Lawlessness, oh, where yeah. we would let everybody order at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but now, so because of the broadleaf issues that everybody's Ooh. been having, uh, it, those two were because the 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 rose and the waltz are the same blend. They're both Connecticut broadleaf Nicaraguan filler made up my father. Okay, uh, they're just two different sizes. Um, people swear up and down they're two different cigars, but they're not. Yeah, John will post a picture on Instagram of the Rose and the Waltz, and which one do you like better? And it's 50-50 people screaming Rose or Waltz, and it's like no matter how much I tell them, it's the same tobacco, same blend. There's no way. Right. But but are they different ring gauges? Different, yeah. So the size so does play yeah, a little different, but the tobacco but blend yeah. is the stuff. But yeah. because of the broadleaf issues everybody's been having, they mm. were ordered for three years. Okay. We didn't have I I mean it hurt me because we right. didn't have them to sell. Yeah. Uh but right now, uh last year my father reached out to us and said, Look, if you want this again, we we can uh we can make keep making it for you. Mm-hmm. And uh we turned in a an order that we normally don't turn in and they fulfilled it. So oh, cool. now, right now we're letting everybody bring it in.
0: Okay. Yeah. And going to uh discussing the my father cigar operation I don't think end consumers, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong or if you know this information, it's not easy for an outsider to get contract work through My Father's Cigars. Like, let's say I want to start a cigar brand. I, if I don't have a relationship with them, even even if I had a relationship, they're probably not incentivized to, like, no, I don't want to do work for you. Well, the the so let's say you wanted to start a brand. Mm-hmm. You would be
1: better off... It 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 comes down to what you just said. Relationship is key. Mm -hmm. You gotta be able. I mean, we never, especially in our old world industry, right? If John didn't have his uh, friendship with um, um Pete. Pete was it Pete? Yeah. Pete made the introduction to my father for us, Mm. and that never would have happened if he didn't know Pete. It probably never would have been worked with him. Yeah. So a obviously relationships are key, Um, but b when you approach somebody with the size of my father. If you're going, hey, can you make me 5,000 cigars? It's not worth their time to even try to figure out how to make just 5,000 cigars for you because they are making so much. Yeah. Or if you go, like when we went to Jewish State or again, any Ernie Carrillo, I mean, you have to come in with a certain number that makes it worth their time and effort to shut down their production, to start your production and then go back to theirs. so what a lot of people do is they find the smaller, like a Prochardo mm-hmm. or somebody like that, that has the room or doesn't have the volume that somebody like my father is doing. That it's easier for them to. All right, I can do this. You you want five thousand cigars or you want you know ten thousand cigars? All right, I can do it on this schedule. Here's how we're gonna fit it in. So yeah, it's uh, definitely if you approach somebody the size of my father, it's definitely a lot harder.
0: Yeah. No, and that, to me, I think that's a, definitely a competitive advantage for Crown Heads. You know, I, I've talked to previous guests about, like, what does it take for a shop like us to bring in a new company? Like, what are the factors, like, th- that make it compelling enough for me to give you a chance? Because, let's be honest, shelf space is a finite commodity. That's valuable. Right? And so if that means I'm going to bring in someone new, that means someone else has to go out.
1: Right. And you can't have it sit and not turn.
0: Right. Yeah, it's got to turn. Right. So does it have demand from the end consumers or enough to warrant me giving a new company a chance? What are the other compelling reasons? And one thing that I necessarily don't like and, and look at as a disadvantage is that the company we're dealing with doesn't control their own manufacturing. But it's not to say that we wouldn't deal with you, right? But like in in John or Crown Crownheads' case, they partnered up with like very reputable, very quality. And that was manufacturers. a big leg
1: up for us, yeah, without a doubt, yeah, without a doubt. So that
0: gives you instant, right, like credibility, I guess, right. And knowing that your product is going to be consistent, very good. If um, I
1: came to you and I was like, "Yeah, this is made at the Don Nobody Factory," right, and and there are a lot of those. And I didn't have my relationship that I've had with you for mm-hmm. so long. You're gonna look at me and and it it better yeah. be one hell of a cigar, or the the very little chance that I'm gonna get in here,
0: mm-hmm. right? And it might be good. That sample might be great, but are you able to like because of the that?
1: factory? You don't know if it's yep. gonna be exactly yeah. right. If it's
0: repeatable, right? That that blend to be consistent, right? Because yeah, like one batch might be incredible. That might be your leg in, but. If that next batch disappoints that crowd and that shop owner, right? Good luck. You, right. That'll probably be your last order. Right. hmm So it's just uh, it's it's crazy, and and that now with I don't know, I'm sure you keep up with the FDA regulations more than I do. If this thing goes away. We can expect a boom. We're already kind of seeing this. Like we've kind of seen it already. Yeah, yeah. like this this new expansion of, of entries. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're already getting calls from these people that have never, you know, they haven't really been in the business. And I'm, well,
1: and to kind of go back to what you were saying. Um, and I'll ask you this:
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel it's important. Like, so if I came to you with a brand that you've never heard of, and never heard of the factory. I tell you a compelling story and you decide to bring it in. Well, it's when your customers come in and buy from you, your reputation's on the line. So if you sell them a cigar that's all right, so they buy it. That first batch was phenomenal. And they, hey, we want more of this. So you reorder and that second batch doesn't live up to it. Well, now your reputation's on the line as well. And I don't think a lot Hmm. of people factor that in when they, when they work with, or you, you know, a customer to your store, you know, they're not aware of your reputation is a big deal and uh, people rely on you to make good recommendations yeah. to sell them solid product that the, you know they're going to enjoy. And if a couple more times, if they get something bad, there's too much other competition yeah. for them to go to yeah. and you're going to start losing people. So yeah, cool. it's uh I I don't think a lot of people factor that in when they come talk to you or try to sell you something. Well, you know, i I've got to keep my reputation front of mind first. Mm. Can I sell this and know that my customers will be happy each time they buy it?
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, I've never really like v- you vocalized it perfectly. Like Intuitively, I've kind of known that, just right. out of habit, but like, I never really like had it brought up like in, in in front in front of me, you know, about that notion of yeah, it's my reputation on the line too, right. So, no, if that, that makes sense. That's a, I have
1: a reputation as how I handle you and deal with you and your business, but you have a reputation to your mm-hmm. customers. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so what we use this uh, on our end, if I sell you cigars and every time you get them, they're plugged or mm-hmm. they're, they don't draw or whatever the problem is, eventually you're, there's – so on my side, there's too much competition for you to choose from that you're just not going to carry me anymore because yeah. why would I – it's not consistent. It's not reliable because now it's affecting my reputation. So the f- it's same thing for you is if you're selling somebody a cigar that's plugged or not um, consistent, yeah, then this starts to damage your side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a different topic about cigars. Has Crown Heads ever or will they consider doing like a value bundle bargain kind of cigar? Because that for us, that's a huge amount of our volume. Now. Right. And, right. I, and I can mention examples like Factory Smokes. Sure. Quorums, um, the Odysseys, Casa Garcia, Perdomo Fresco. Uh, um, yeah, Perdomo Fresco, the like. Right. Is that something that Crowdheads wants to delve into? We've I mean, always w- talked
1: about it. Um, so for us right now, Juarez is that oh, yeah, value yeah, yeah. line for us. Right. Um, but we've never actually talked about bundles or that
0: sort. Yeah, I'm talking about like the $2 cigar, you know, yeah. 2 or $3. Oh, uh, we, we
1: So every year at sales meeting, when we bring up new ideas, new th- it's always mentioned, it's mm-hmm. always talked about, and then it's, I think the key problem is, we don't have our own factory, so we don't um, have that. The margins. That, those yeah. margins to play with, yeah. and so if we go to Ernie and say, we want to buy your seconds, well, he's already got a leg up because we're paying a little higher price for it, so it's never, to, for us to get into that uh, you know, Perdomo does it so well because they have their own factory. Right. You know, they're vertically a. integrated, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, there you mm-hmm. go. Oliva. So yeah, they have they definitely had the edge where we I don't think we would have yeah. that competitive edge. And I don't I, think you could have a high price valued bundle. Cause yeah. that's how we would have to sell it, and I don't think it would work.
0: And I think like to your point, most like middlemen or uh brand creators have that issue because of that. They don't have the control of that manufacturing, therefore they don't have that extra margin to play with. Sure. You don't really see that them right. offering that. Like I think of like Steve Saka with the Umbagog, but now that's like a ten dollar kind of bundle right. cigar. Yeah. So it's so not it really is, like competing for with us, factory smoke.
1: Juarez and that six and a half to yeah. eight dollar price point is kind of our value add.
0: And I think that's a fantastic like value cigar. Maybe not like a bundled cigar, like right. the, the, the really cheap stuff, but for the money you're paying. That's a very very good. Then you're
1: not paying two hundred dollars a box for it. You're, you're not even sometimes paying one hundred fifty for the box. It's it's a good and it's a solid long filler, you know,
0: smoke for mm-hmm. the for the price point. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so let's talk about Tim Oshner. So it's kind of like full circle. Yes. With your like yes, time in CAO when it was Oshner own and to see him come back. Like, can you can you expand on? tim's involvement now
1: yeah so they obviously they gave me my first uh opportunity as a sales rep Mm -hmm. with with the family and um it was funny when when they sold and i went to toronto and then toronto sold i go back to at the time crown heads was office our offices were in the old cao building
0: oh the Osner owned yeah because they
1: kept that cao building building? Yeah. yeah so in the back office john's john's (laughs) <laughs> door to his office had tape around it, and and uh, I think there was a towel underneath the door so he could smoke in his office, and it wouldn't, because it was a nonprofit corporate event arts center. Oh, okay, yeah. He's big in the arts in, yeah. in Nashville, huh? So to keep smoke, and his his off- office also had a, a patio with a door, so he would leave that door open okay. and smoke on the patio. Mm-hmm. But there was no smoking outside the office. It was his office and the patio. Yeah. And then we had a little area where we could ship. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so I uh, – Toronto sells. Uh, I reach out to John and say, hey, do you guys need a rep in Texas? He goes, how quick can you get to Nashville? So two days later, I'm flying to Nashville. I walk into the old CAO building, Whoa. and there's John O. Osgener painting. So he had retired, mm-hmm. and he loved to paint. So he had a, one of the old rooms at CAO. T- he turned into an art studio – and he had all these paintings all over the wall that he and he was in there. And he goes, and I walk in, and before I could say anything, he sees me, goes, Brian, how are you doing? I my hands are dirty, I'll fist bump you. <laughs> and and then he goes, How's your daughter, Jordan? I'm like, I haven't seen you in five years you you I'm like,
0: Yeah, that's awesome. This guy's
1: amazing. Yeah. So he shows me all the paint, which is funny, he's painting all these meersome mirth- pipes with his face on them. <laughs> Wow, and I sit down and uh, I interview, and they they give me the job. So, kind of that little circle to see John again was was just awesome. Yeah, and then I see Tim because he's running the Oz. Um, Oz it's called it was called Ozum Nashville. It was a nonprofit uh, business. Okay, and uh, his mother um, was an educator, and what they would do is. Uh, schools that lost funding for their arts program, she would bring artists from around the world to come in and work with these schools that had lost funding for their art program. Hmm. And that And they would do art shows and fundraisers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, then, you know, Tim had only signed a two-year non-compete, but Tim's the kind of guy that once he dives into something, he dives into something. So he was, Oz of Nashville was his baby. He was okay. doing the whole thing. Wow. And then he kind of looks at everything it's like you know I, I miss the industry I miss the people and they found somebody that could run that business and to have him back is it's really cool it's uh-huh. uh, I've traveled with him a couple of times and uh, it's uh, it's so you have John you have Mike and their perspective. But then to bring Tim's perspective back it, its just another like, like l- President
0: Amaretto's like coming back. It's—it's it's yeah. just to give something his different, yes.
1: Yeah. And it's so it's another layer. Yeah. And it's and as you can tell, his stuff is completely different than our mm-hmm. stuff. It's his personality. It's his family story. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 him telling his family lineage and his family story, and it's it's just very cool to have Tim back.
0: So for to kind of reiterate to people who don't know cigars, Chano A. Osner, right. C A O. His initials. initials. That's the father, the founder right. of C A O
1: cigars. Nineteen sixty-eight.
0: Okay, but he started off making humanoids or pipes.
1: No, so he was a he was a mechanical engineer. He was an enge- I, I think it was a mechanical or electrical engineer for Dupont. Oh wow. Okay. And he smoked Mersham pipes. Okay. So the problem with Marshall pipes when you smoked them back then was when the when the shank in the bowl got hot, it would get loose on the bit and they would swivel and mm. sometimes swing around and maybe fall off. Oh, okay. So John O, being an engineer, threaded the bit and threaded the shank of the pipe so the bit would screw in and tighten and therefore would never get loose. So John O is at his tobacco shop buying pipe tobacco and he pulls out his pipe, unscrews the bit to clean it. While he's waiting for the and the guy goes, what is that? He goes, it's something I engineered so the pipe doesn't get loose. He goes, can I order a hundred of those? And John always said, as an Armenian, you never turn down an order. <laughs> so he goes, of course. <laughs> so he yes. hooks up with Beckler and Turkey, okay, and starts making Mirson pipes. And of course, the, they all came in those yeah. black leather uh-huh. cases. Uh-huh. So as he would sell them to tobacco stores. Eventually, they would be displayed with other mirrors and pipes, but nobody could tell the threaded oh, from the regular. No. Yeah, they said you need to mark your cases. Mm-hmm. He goes, "I'll put my initials on the cases, CAO." So if there was CAO on the pipe case, you knew that you were getting a threaded, the threaded. With, with a pipe.
0: Did he patent that? So did he come out with the first? I think like, so.
1: Yeah, I think wow. he did. I, I'm not okay. 100 percent, but I think he did.
0: Well, obviously, yeah. there wasn't enough manufacturers that they were doing that. Right, you know. To to market just that notion of the threaded, because you're right. There's the I've noticed a lot of Meerschaum pipes over the years that have the thread threaded kind of tenon right part to make sure it doesn't fall off right. from the stem right or the bowl fall off from the stem.
1: So he eventually wow. did that enough that he quit his job at Dupont and he started traveling the country with pipes in the trunk, and that's why when Cao got into cigars, everybody brought them in because everybody knew. John they already him. knew him. Yeah, they already knew him. Oh. So after so they did pipes. Um, and then on top of that, they got into what's called gentleman boxes or and humidor's. Okay. Uh, so like if you had a, it'd be like a humidor, but for like your jewelry, your watches and rings and that kind of thing. Hmm. Then they did humidor's, and then and I think it was ninety two, like right uh, with a cigar. The Cao Gold was first release, and okay. that was when Tim was at USC, and he started getting involved in the business and uh, the whole. And of course, obviously, the rest is history. Yeah. Man, yeah, so cool. with Tim, the OFC, Osgarner Family Cigars, yeah. we tell everybody that's the O and C A O.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah so Tim and Eileen,
1: yeah. they grew up, they they come home from school, they'd have to go down in the basement and price pipes before they do their homework. Oh. Oh. And John was like, This row of pipes, nineteen ninety five. This row of pipes, twenty nine ninety five, <laughs> this row of pipes, thirty nine ninety five, and they're down there pricing pipes. That's funny.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Man, that's so cool! Just yeah. the origin story. And
1: it's funny. Uh, before Google and all this, when Jono, um and his wife, when they got married, and she was Turkish, Jono was Armenian. So when they dated, she wouldn't let him walk next to her because Turks and Armenians did not get along.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And he looked up. You know, again, this is before Google and yeah. all that. He looked up what's the best city in the country to raise a family, hmm. and it was Nashville, Tennessee. So they moved from New York to Nashville, and that's where Tim and Eileen were born.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. That's interesting. So yeah. I thought um, Chano was Turkish. No, he's by, Armenian. By nationality, yeah. Yeah. But that makes sense. Okay. Yeah.
1: So but, the, the whole story behind Bosphorus, which is the Bosphorus mm-hmm. Strait that divides Europe and Asia, um, if a Turk and Armenian can be married for 55 years and, and raise a family— we can all get along over a cigar.
0: Yeah. yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then this blend. What? Uh, what's the pro? You, 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 you gave me the rundown of the profile. A little bit fuller. It's like your medium, yeah. medium plus, maybe medium full,
1: depending on your palate. Yeah. But that San Andreas, you get that that yeah. spice. You get that coffee. You get uh, a little bit of that cedar on the yeah. finish. Very smooth. Um, very, and there's actually uh, um, broadleaf in the filler.
0: Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Connecticut broadleaf or some other broadleaf? I, uh,
1: they me, just say broadleaf. Yeah, broadleaf. Yeah, yeah, it
0: might be it might be Pennsylvania, but either way, yeah. there's still it's broadleaf. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, look, we're gonna try to wrap it up. I didn't even we didn't even, we didn't even get a chance to explore the McGee's smoked meats. Oh yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll do that next time. Yeah, next time. Yeah, <laughs> future uh, future appearance. I'll but uh, to,
1: you know what? We can book an event and do one, and oh, then yeah. we can do it during the okay. Event. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, but before we go, we have a final segment. It's a rapid-fire round. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. You yeah, want to do yeah,
0: that yeah. Call The Final Puff? Let's do forward? it. All right. So number one, Tabasco, Crystal, or Other? What's Crystal? Uh, hot sauce. Oh. So, kind of hot sauce. Tabasco, Crystal, or Other? I'm going to say
1: Other. I'm a Texas boy, so okay. salsa for me. Salsa? Not, not, not hot sauce. Uh, not Tabasco. Yeah. Chunky hot hot sauce. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very salsa. good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Number two, favorite vacation destination. For me, it was probably
1: Belize. Uh, I, I love diving. Okay. And, um, you scuba dive? Yeah. Oh, cool. dive in the Diving the blue hole out there in the middle of the ocean. But I do go to Almorada every year for tarpon fishing. I do okay. like going down there. Yeah, we
0: got to talk about that Yeah. yeah next time. Uh, very cool. So number three, who would you want to smoke a cigar with? Anyone, alive mm. or deceased? I would say
1: my, my dad. Okay. He's, he passed away in 2013. Quick story. My dad grew up. There was no smoking. There was no drinking. Um, he was adamant about He would always take it every opportunity to tell you how bad cigarettes were for you. Hmm. No tobacco. My brothers got caught dipping. He made them dip <laughs> five cans in a row. So when I got hired, uh, when I started working for a retail shop in Dallas, I had no clue I was going to tell my dad that I'm working <laughs> And then I get hired at CAO. I'm like, how am I going to tell my dad? Yeah. I'm a cigar rep. Yeah. And my dad would come over and go, hey, uh, you got an extra cigar for me that I could? And he would sit on his patio. He would smoke half of it. And then he would leave. He would let it burn out, put it in his desk, and save it for the next day. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. we spent a, a vacation in Cancun on the beach drinking beer and smoking a cigar together, which I never thought in a million years would ever do that. But, yeah, my father would That's be. cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, next question. So for industry people, I kind of frame it different. What's your Desert Island cigar from your own company that you rep? And what's your Desert Island cigar for like any other
1: company? Okay. So Desert Island for sure is our 2016 TAA hmm. um, Angels Anvil. I still think to this day that was the best cigar we've ever made. Okay. Over the 2014 Los Calaveras. I think that was just, it hit me. Perfectly everywhere. Um, everybody else, I, I look, I'm going to reach on my 40th birthday, I smoked a Cuban Davidoff Dom Perignon from 1986.
0: Oh, the white whale.
1: And it was yeah. phenomenal. So okay. if that's an option, that would okay. be my. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that to me is like the most legendary cigar of all time. It
1: was. Yeah. Uh, I So I'm 55. I smoked that 15 years ago. And it was uh, the flavor of tea and hay, and it still had some body to it. It, okay. it. it blew me out of the water. Man. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Last question. Who would you want to see here on a future podcast as a guest?
1: Have you done Garrett Calhoun? No, not yet. you got to do Garrett just just the talk sports because he's so oh, no. all over the map with his teams. Oregon, North Carolina, I mean, the guy's an idiot, but yeah. you got to have him on here yeah. just to talk sports.
0: Yeah, he yeah. is a sports guru, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, very good. We'll reach out to him. Hopefully yeah. he, can, uh, he can abide. Well, Brian, thanks again for joining hey. me today. It was fun, I love man.
1: It. I love it. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks Thank again. You. Thank we'll see you yeah. later.
0: All right, everyone, take care. We'll see you until the next time.